Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of LTTK. Let's toast to knowledge. If this is your first time joining me, well, here I talk about the things that I'm passionate about. Right now, it's really culture. Um, we're still doing culture series, and I feel like there are quite a number of countries that are fascinating that we haven't, you know, covered yet. And in today's episode, we are going to Brazil. Who is excited? I really am because. I've met quite a number of Brazilians, but I really don't know anything about their culture. Matter of fact, I even met one two weeks ago and I was saying to her that, oh, you speak Spanish in, in, in Brazil. And I was wrong because that's not the language they speak. Like that's not their official language. Maybe some of them can speak Spanish, but anyway, Lucas will tell us more about that. So hi, Lucas, welcome to LTTK. How are you doing today? Hi, Olalade. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> The pleasure I'm doing is mine. good. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, I, it's also a pleasure to talk about my country. So I hope that I can uh, answer all your questions. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you do just great. So you. Uh, you already said your name is Lucas. So could you just like amplify that? Tell me your full yep. name and explain to me what that means. And is your name very popular? I already know some popular names. In Brazil, Alessandra is the one popular one. There's Bruna, but you can correct me. So tell me about Lucas. Yeah, Lucas is a very, I would say, um, much more of like young people's name in Brazil mm -hmm. right now. Okay. Many people uh, in their 20s or 30s, they have this name. And um, well, it was named um, by my father. I was named by my father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he really likes this name and, um, well, it's a Christian name, uh, so um, he is connected to Christianity, uh, sort okay. of say, and um, mm -hmm. he wanted to uh, name me uh, Lucas uh, because uh, he, uh, the significance of this name is very, very uh, powerful, mm -hmm. uh, according to him. It, it means bringer of light. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I, I mean, I just have to jump in here, but if it's related to Christianity, then I would imagine that it is Luke. So yep. in the Bible, there is a character called Luke, one of the disciples of Jesus. So maybe the Luke is Lucas, but the Brazilian Lucas, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice to educate me on that. Interesting. <laughs> and then your surname? It's uh, Leitão de Oliveira. And uh, well, it's a very, I would say, Portuguese uh, surname, mm -hmm. and uh, which is very interesting. Uh, we I, we have a very um, Portuguese, I would say, especially in Northeast Brazil, but also in, in the country itself. It's um, the country has a very strong uh, root, uh, I would say, rooted in um, three uh, cultures that uh, is very mm -hmm. very strong. Mm -hmm. uh, the Portuguese, which is the, the colonist, the, the yeah. people who uh, went to America. Mm -hmm. Also, um, the African, especially the West African culture, which mm -hmm. is uh, rooted uh, in Angola and also in Nigeria. And also a small country. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, uh, Brazil is a very diverse country and uh, you see many people with many uh, backgrounds. And uh, getting back to the composition, uh, like the, the root composition of Brazil, uh, Portuguese, uh, European, sort of say, because there are other uh, European groups, mm -hmm. West African, but also indigenous. So mm -hmm. you have this melting pot in Brazil. And mm -hmm. for example, in my case, 
from what I know, from what we've done, uh, some uh, genealogical uh, research, ancestry research, I also have a Jewish background. And wow. uh, I also have also um, a surname, which is uh, which was hidden for many uh, centuries. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, which is a very interesting story. And my father is really willing to take on this uh, surname again, because it really represents also uh, what we are. And um, he said, yeah, the, the thing is, the Jews who were persecuted um, in uh, the I Iberian Peninsula during the Inquisition, they went to Brazil to, to escape this persecution. And mm -hmm. therefore, when they went to Brazil, they started to not fully convert to Christianity, but they wanted to be a little bit more hidden on their uh, traditions, so they wouldn't be uh, persecuted in Brazil as well. Okay. So it's um, not only uh, have this uh, two Portuguese uh, surnames, but I also have this little Hebrew, which wow. is uh, Corin, and uh, uh, we're also willing to take in as something that reminds us that um, we also have this history in mm -hmm. our uh, heritage. I mean, like, yeah. this is fascinating for me because just a surname has, like, quite a history to it. Yeah. And then let's even talk about the fact that she said um, Brazil is very diverse. Yeah. I mean, I would have to agree with you, even though I haven't been to Brazil, because I met a colleague of mine who's Brazilian and she's dark-skinned. I actually even made a mistake because I was assuming, before asking her where she's from, I assumed, okay, because she's dark-skinned, she's African, right? And she's like, I'm Brazilian. And I was like, oh, really? And then we got talking and she told me that actually 50, about 50% 50 of Brazilians are from, you know, parts of Africa that migrated or something like that. And I was like, wow, what? This is like a mind blowing moment for me because I didn't even know that. I would imagine that, okay, in Brazil, people are light skinned. I didn't know that more than 50% of the population are dark-skinned Brazilians. That's like mind-blowing for me. What do you want to say about that? <laughs> oh yeah, I do. Uh, I'm very happy to talk about it because uh, Brazil is a very diverse country. And uh, as far as I know, and I've read other statistics, 54% of the population is dark-skinned. And there is also a, a category for that, that people say it's pardo. Pardo is a, a mixed race, but people with uh, to, who tend to be uh, dark-skinned. Mm -hmm. And as I said, Brazil is such a diverse country that we have uh, cities, for example, like Salvador, which is in Northeast Brazil, mm -hmm. which has the largest population of people of African descent outside mm -hmm. of Africa in the Americas. Wow. And it's very, very interesting. Uh, we have that. And also in Brazil, we have, uh, for example, Sao Paulo, which has also the largest population of mm -hmm. Japanese people outside of Japan. Wow. And you, we also have, as the, the second most spoken language in Brazil, is German. And nobody would understand that. How? <laughs> wow. How is that? It's, yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's very interesting. Brazil is, a, I would say, it's many Brazils inside of Brazil. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, to be to summarize things, I would say that North Brazil, it's very much connected to the indigenous culture and it's very, very strong uh, in the food, in the way, uh, the ethnicity of the people mm -hmm. and also the way of living. 
They are very mm-hmm. adapted to the Amazon. <clears throat> Northeast Brazil is very uh, African, it's very uh, Portuguese, and they are the mix between the two. And there's, for example, Salvador is a very African city. It's very colonial, but also has a lot of uh, movements, especially cultural movements and also food and everything is really much connected to Africa. Mm. And in Sao Paulo, for example, we have this mixture of uh, the Japanese, but also a large Italian um, population, which is wow. uh, which is also very funny because they have much more <clears throat> more people of Italian descent in Sao Paulo than in Rome. So you oh see how goodness. diverse the whole country is. Wow, this is probably Great. like the most diverse country I've ever like learned about. You, yeah, you already mentioned like five different countries in one country. Wow, exactly. interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so let me just move a little bit to the language. Yeah. Um, Portuguese, now I know, is the like official language. So what other languages mm-hmm. are spoken? I mean, you mentioned a portion is German. Which one do you yeah. speak? Portuguese, <laughs> all the way. <laughs> A little bit of German because you're in Germany right yeah. now. <laughs> oh, How's yeah. How's your German going? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I've um, in this uh, last years I've been uh, trying to exercise my German every day, mm. and uh, yeah, I've been very much I would say progressing in the language, uh-huh. even though it's very very different from Portuguese. And yeah, um, but the German that uh, people speak there in Brazil, it's a German, uh, it's a, an old German, I would say. It's a 19th century German. Ah. It's from the, the people who <laughs> went to settle there in, in, in Brazil in the end of the 19th century. Okay. Yeah, they have a name for that, which is called Plattdeutsch, which is like, a, I would say it's a, a lower German. It's like mm-hmm. the German, like really common. That was mm-hmm. spoken by the peasants. Okay. And I even made an experience with uh, some German friends, and I showed people in Brazil speaking German, and they said, and when the Germans heard it, and they said, well, this is a very old type of German. We don't speak that German anymore. <laughs> so it's, wow. It's funny. Wow, fascinating. Yeah. It's very, very fascinating. Brazil is so so diverse, but Portuguese is like really the the official language. However, we have many many languages that are spoken within the country. Uh, not only this, I would say this um, German that is spoken in southern Brazil, but we also have many uh, tiny uh, languages spoken by the indigenous people mm-hmm. in uh, both north and west Brazil. Mm-hmm. And those languages, it's it's something that uh, Brazil has to really work on. To make mm-hmm. sure that this uh, culture and also these languages, these languages, they survive. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So still on the language, describe Brazil in three words, and you use Portuguese, and then you say it in English. Mm, there are different regions in Brazil, and there are different Portuguese that are uh, spoken. For example, uh, in the area where I was born, mm-hmm. they have many words that you don't speak in another part of, of Brazil. You don't speak in other regions. Mm-hmm. And some of the words that we speak there in this region is when we say things, when we say it um, there in, in, in Sao Paulo, for example, it's completely different. For example, there's a type of bread um, 
in Fortaleza, in uh, northeast Brazil, that's called Carioquinha. Mm -hmm. And if you say Carioquinha in Sao Paulo, which is in the southern part of Brazil, they would say, they would think it's coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Interesting. In, in southern Brazil, and like really in Porto Alegre, which is the like like the southernmost uh, state uh, capital city in, in, in the, the federal, of the federal states of Brazil, if you want to talk about uh, this type of bread, which is carioquinha in my region, you mm. would say cacetinho. Wow. But for us, it doesn't make any sense, and cacetinho is like a, a little stick to beat someone. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like yeah, that's the. It's really interesting because in the same Portuguese, no, a word in English that has two different words and two different interpretations in Portuguese. Yeah. I find that very interesting because I, I don't think I have heard that in like another language. For example, like in my culture, if I want to say, um, I don't know, spoon, shibi is shibi, like spoon is shibi. It doesn't, I don't think it would change <laughs> if I move to the other part of the west where you know the yoruba culture is i don't think so but i find that very interesting so again back to this could you just again just briefly introduce yourself or introduce something about about brazil in portuguese let's in hear portuguese, the okay. language yes uh olá meu nome é lucas eu sou de fortaleza é, o meu sotaque é bem é, de fortaleza mas existem outros sotaques no Brasil. Uh, no, em Fortaleza, por exemplo, nosso R é R, é porta. Uhum. Uh, em São Paulo é porta. Uhum. <risos> e esses sotaques, eles são diferentes no, no país inteiro. Então, são uh, várias... Tem uma variação muito rica e muito diversa. E o Brasil é algo bastante interessante por ser muito rico em várias culturas e várias vários sotaques e em várias um, e várias um, religiões, enfim, comida. O Brasil é, é um país muito muito. <risos> rico. Okay, you know the thing. I was I don't know maybe just me, but I was hearing English. I was hearing German. You yeah. said a part is in German. It is right. Did you mention something like that in your, in like, was there a part where you said it is this? Ah, uh, como é? Um, eu acho que eu acho que eu falei. I mean, like, I, I'll I just. Saw, I think I saw. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say that your language is very fascinating. I kind of get a sense of other languages in Portuguese because like I said, I was hearing something that sounded like German. I heard something that sounded like English, you know, even though I don't know what you said. So what did you say in English? Yeah, I said about the, the whole richness of uh, the culture in, in Brazil. And I, I was talking about my accent. It's very uh -huh. uh, typical from this region where I was born, which is uh, the northeast part of Brazil. Uh -huh. And for example, there's um, some uh, variations. For example, when you say door in in in, in my region is porta, uh -huh. but if you say it in São Paulo, like in, in the countryside, also people would say uh, porta. The R is much more um, pronounced, I would say. And the thing is, the accents were very much influenced um, 
by the migration. Uh, for example, in my region, it was very much influenced by the African mm -hmm. uh, languages. Okay. So we have ways of saying that it's not very um, Portuguese sort of saying, but it's it, it makes more sense like in, in uh, as far as I know, it makes much more sense with Angolan Portuguese okay. than with Portuguese from Portugal. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and for example, it's the, the the Portuguese from São Paulo, it's much more um, connected to Italian. Okay. Uh, I would say Ita the Italian language. And I even made an experience with Alberto, our colleague, uh, yeah. who's Italian, mm -hmm. and he started to speak Italian uh, with me. And even though um, I, I have some knowledge, but it's uh, it's very funny because his accent it's very familiar to me as well because I also lived in Sao Paulo and the thing is it, it really sounds like something that's very very close to home hmm. and it's much closer to home than Portuguese from Portugal wow and that's very 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 interesting very um, I, I, I find it fascinating how all the cultures who went to Brazil they they gave their um, share of you know in the arts and the food and the language and also the way that people are brought up mm -hmm. to make and... the country what it is today i would say yeah, yeah. exactly oh. <laughs> oh so you just mentioned food so i would ask you what's the most popular food eaten in brazil i would say yeah, the, the really the, the mainstream um, food, uh, the, the, the dish that's like the national dish of Brazil is feijoada. And it's also a mixture. <laughs> it came from Portugal. The mm -hmm. original uh, dish comes from Portugal, but it's made with uh, lighter beans. I would say white beans or uh, brown beans. Mm -hmm. And it's a mixture between beans and some pork and, mm -hmm. and parts of pork. Wow. When it went to Brazil, it started to change due to the African, I would say, African right. food culture. Mm -hmm. And it has a, a very sad story behind it uh, because it was the food of the, the slaves and the food that uh, it was given to the slaves, mm -hmm. but it made uh, to be the mainstream food of Brazil. And it's a very, very cultural food of Brazil. It really shows how, how Brazil uh, overcame, I would say, uh, this uh, this whole thing about oppressing uh, the African population and the African population brought up this uh, dish that's typical for Brazil in, in everyday Brazil's uh, life. So this uh, dish, feijoada, it really was ad adapted to the, the African taste and it became the national dish and now it's made of black beans, also with pork and but also with something that's very interesting and that's not very typical of portugal it's not typical of europe they usually put some fruits aside as well to eat with and also some um vegetables for example um that they they cook together mm -hmm. that are not very typical from europe and that's what i really really find it very enriching and very very good that it happened that this adaptation came from uh people who uh, were oppressed and they made this whole thing, you know, despite the, the oppress, oppression, mm -hmm. they made uh, the culture, uh, their culture be, uh, be I, I mean, be listening to. I mean, it's funny because we also eat beans in Nigeria. I mean, maybe yeah. not the way you described it, but we eat beans as well. We eat it with plantain. Do you know plantain? 
Yep. Okay. Yeah, in Brazil, they, they, yeah, it's it's very uh, it's very typical as well in Brazil that people eat beans and they also eat uh, at least uh, as dessert or at least also in, as a side dish uh, some fruits, for example, bananas, oranges, mm -hmm. and that's very very typical. Okay. And cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we eat our beans with bread. We eat it with cassava flour. We eat it with a lot of things actually, but. I really love beans. That's a side comment. <laughs> anyway, yeah. nice. So, what are Brazilians known for? What's like the for me now? Who is here? If I see a Brazilian, what was the one thing that should pop up to say, "Oh, I'm Brazilian," without saying I'm Brazilian? Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I know. Um, it's very complicated to say um, who's a Brazilian, who's not, because we're very diverse and. Uh. Yeah. Anyone could be a Brazilian. You could be a Brazilian. You could really be a Brazilian. Me? <laughs> you could really pass as a Brazilian, yeah. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, it's just, um, the thing is, we also have the stereotypes of what a what Brazilian, uh, what to be Brazilian is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I would say uh, people usually think of a Brazilian as someone who uh, likes um, soccer and who likes to uh, party a lot and is very very friendly is very very um i would say very very active and also very uh it smiles all the time and that would be this stereotypical brazilian but for example for me I, i'm not very keen on uh on, uh, on soccer <laughs> i don't like it very much <laughs> but still i'm brazilian <laughs> yeah so apart from soccer, with all the stereotypes you've mentioned, which would you say to an extent is true? Because I've met like a number of Brazilians and I would definitely say that they are friendly. I'll definitely say that they are always smiling. They're approachable. Like you could meet a Brazilian and have like a conversation without even knowing the person. Do you get like, I, I think that is true. But you are Brazilian, so you could tell me if you think it's really a stereotype or it's actually a stereotype that is true. Yeah, I think there are two things that uh, after living in Germany for three years, I, I can really see the differences mm -hmm. uh, between Germany and Brazil. And to me, Brazilian, everyone who's really, I would say everyone in Brazil tends to at least be very, very friendly, even though they don't know the person. In Germany, people are much more reserved and they are friendly with you, but once they get to know you and in Brazil, people tend to be friendly with everyone, even the people who they met on the street like five seconds ago. It's, mm -hmm. it's very, very uh, typical there. Yeah. There's another thing that's very typical in Brazil is the, that there isn't, there isn't much physical distance. People tend to touch each other much more. And in Germany, you would, Germany, you wouldn't do that. It's mm. uh, completely, you know, off limits. Yeah, if... yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, boundaries, space bubbles. I get it. Yeah, completely get yeah. it. And hopefully, I get a German to be with me on, on this podcast because I've been trying to get one. <laughs> it hasn't been as easy as I thought, um, but it would be nice because me. Being Nigerian, I, I would also say that in my culture, in general, people are very friendly. I mean, like, just like you said, just like Brazilians. And I think that's like the interesting connection between Brazil and Nigeria. We are friendly people. We, we don't like, 
if we see someone who is lost on the street, like you know someone is clearly lost, you would definitely be like, oh, can I help you? Do you are you looking? Nobody is asking for the help, right? But you can sense the person like needs help because the person is looking at Google Maps trying to figure out something and be like, oh yeah, I, I could show you the way or something like that. You know, that's typical of Brazilians and Nigerians. I would say the connection is, but I mean, Germans are very reserved. That's their culture. So it's not really yeah. to say, oh, it's a bad thing or it's a good thing. We're just saying this is yeah. what it is, right? Exactly. It's nice that that's, you brought it up. Yeah. And there is also another thing that I find really, really interesting is that here in Germany, when people invite you to their home, it's really after you get to really know them. And after you really had a, you know, developed a, a very strong bond with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think probably in Africa, in, in Nigeria, and also um, in uh, those cultures that are more, much more collectivist, mm -hmm. uh, such as Brazil, uh, you invite someone to their home, um, there isn't much restrictions to it. Yeah. Especially if you're an outsider, it, it, it's only natural that people invite you to their home in a way that they want to make sure that you are um, you're invited and you're welcome exactly. to this culture. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's really not, <laughs> it's not a big deal. Like, if I invite you no. to my house, for example, it doesn't mean, oh, I am taking you as a friend. I want to build a personal relationship with you. No, it's not that. But in Germany, it's actually that. Like, so yeah. if a German invites you to their home, just know that you have gone a step a step further in the relationship building process <laughs> and that's like a really 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 far step right <laughs> but exactly. anyway hopefully we get we get a german soon and we talk about that <laughs> and clarify all of these things yeah um but let's stick to brazil right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so what are you most proud of as a brazilian uh i would say i'm very proud of the of the culture of the mm -hmm. diversity that uh, Brazil represents. Um, mm -hmm. Despite there is a, a lot of social problems, uh, a lot of mm -hmm. things that uh, we need to fix. Mm -hmm. And I'm also proud of the friendliness of the people. I'm also proud of um, that despite the oppressions that took uh, place and still are taking place uh, in the country, there is always, they are very hopeful. It's a very hopeful people. They're, uh, they, they tend to be very positive about things. They, they, they tend to be very um, uh, optimistic mm -hmm. uh, despite all the, the problems. Brazil has gone through a lot of crisis, uh, economic crisis, also uh, political crisis, mm -hmm. uh, but people are still there. They're still hoping for the best. Mm -hmm. We uh, right now, as probably you know, we have a government that's um, very, very. Um, it's not very uh, good to the minorities. It's not very good to people of color, and it's not very good with LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. But people are very hopeful that this will change next year with the elections. Mm -hmm. We'll try to uh, gather uh, all the strength that we can to change the scenario. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really, I really admire this uh, strength that the people have, mm -hmm. uh, despite being uh, having suffered so much mm -hmm. in the past. So touching, oh, that's really touching, and it's also kind of like the same thing we have in Nigeria, right? We have government that, to be very honest, don't know what they're doing or don't care. 
is either one of those two things, right? They don't know what they're doing or they know and don't care. But anyway, that's good. That's good to know. And I would love to find out, I mean, we've spoken about a lot of things, but not really about the places to visit. And we cannot end this podcast without talking about that. So if I want to go to Brazil for a vacation, where should I go and what should I do? Oh, oh, there's so much to do there in Brazil. Oh. <laughs> Where to start? <laughs> well, I'll, <laughs> I'll probably <laughs> defend my region, which is Northeast Brazil. Um, okay. If you want to uh, catch some sun, uh, see a lot of natural beauty, you should definitely go to Northeast Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are the, most of the, uh, even they are really ranked as one of the most beaches, uh, most beautiful beaches in the world. Hmm. So Northeast Brazil would definitely be a, a choice. So what are some of the cities or places in Northeast Brazil? Like you mentioned Northeast, but I, I mean, like, I don't know your yeah. maps. So I don't know what, where, where you mean. Well, um, for example, if you want to discover the, the history of Brazil, like the root history, you should mm-hmm. definitely go to Salvador. Okay. Salvador is uh, it was the first capital of Brazil and it's also located in northeast Brazil. Okay. And has a very rich architecture, it's like a colonial mm-hmm. Portuguese architecture, but mm-hmm. it's rooted uh, culturally and um, also with the language very much in West Africa, in uh, in uh, Angola, in Nigeria, in uh, Benin. Also, they also have this. Uh, small African countries uh, in West Africa, Ghana, for example, mm-hmm. they also uh, have given a lot of influence to this, uh, to this place. Okay. And yeah, yeah if you want to also to, uh, to discover uh, the natural beauty of Brazil, you go to the beaches in Northeast or you go to the Amazon in North Brazil, you okay. also get to uh, get in contact with the indigenous culture of Brazil in, in, in North Brazil. Mm-hmm. If you want to get to know the best carnival, um, you could go to two cities which are very traditional, which is Recife in Northeast Brazil. They also have mm-hmm. a very traditional type of a carnival that's very much rooted in um, African uh, traditions, but also Portuguese. Mm-hmm. But you can also go to Rio de Janeiro, which is like really the I would say like where uh, everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's really where the whole carnival culture um, happened. All right. Nice to know. Thanks for that. I'll keep that in mind if I yeah. want to go to Brazil. Yeah, um, I think for you, uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry to interrupt no, no. you. But yeah, sure. I think for for you as, a, as an African, um, Salvador would be the best. Perfect. Uh, yeah, because you really see how the African culture is very, very alive there. And mm. you see it with the, the music, the live music, they, they play live music as well in the, 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 the old city. And you really feel this connection and uh, it's a very uh, cultural experience for you. <laughs> nice. Um, now when you mention music, I'm like, okay, shoot try that actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe just to wrap up, could you tell me the capital of Brazil and the 
flag, if you could describe your national flag, that would be great. But if not, it's okay. I mean, like, mm, <laughs> but everybody knows it and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, the capital of Brazil is Brasilia. It's a plant city in the middle of Brazil. Right now it's about, uh, yeah, it's, I would say, 62 years old. Yeah. So it's not a, a very typical Brazilian city, but it, it, it really is where the power is. Uh, before that, it was Rio de Janeiro because of um, strategic reasons and also because of the, the coloni uh, colonists' past. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the 50s, it changed because um, uh, the governments wanted to modernize Brazil and to, they wanted to modernize as well the, the capital. So it's called Brasilia. Okay. But it's a very interesting city. Uh, it was built by uh, Niemeyer, which is one of the uh, most known architects uh, in Brazil and also in the world. And uh, mm. he has a very, um, I would say, very, very unique type of architecture that he even uh, inspired himself in the architecture from the indigenous people. Mm -hmm. So there are many uh, forms that are very, very connected to the, the type of uh, buildings or, or like the forms that are uh, done in the uh, indigenous uh, architecture. Uh, well, the flag, um, there are two meanings for the flag. And uh, as children, we learn in school that uh, we have uh, the colors uh, green, yellow and blue and also mm -hmm. stars. So we learn as, uh, as, as children that uh, the green represents the, the green of Brazil, the, the vegetation, the forest, mm -hmm. the Amazon. Okay. The yellow would be the gold because Brazil was, uh, was very rich in gold and very rich in minerals. Is that still the case? Not so, not so much. Okay. Uh, I was going to take my bags and go to Brazil right now. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, it was, um, there was a gold rush that happened in Brazil during the 18th and 19th century, but it mm -hmm. uh, changed because it really uh, got exhausted and most of the gold went to Portugal. Mm. And, but it was, yeah, it was one of the, the reasons why Portugal invested so much in Brazil because of also, also the gold. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and the blue, um, part of, of, of the Brazilian flag has to do with uh, with the sky because you can see uh, the sky very clearly especially yeah. when you're in nature and wow. you can see really the stars and the country is so vast that you can really go out and out of the uh, civilization and you're able to see the stars without any uh, I would say interference from wow. uh, any uh, type of civilization yeah and there's also the other explanation for the flag which is uh, the green and the yellow has to do with the the kingdoms the kingdoms of, of portugal that uh, ruled mm -hmm. brazil uh, during uh, all the, the time that uh, brazil was a colony mm -hmm. from portugal wow thank yeah. you so much lucas <laughs> i've had like a You're very welcome. educative session with you to be honest and at least now i know more about brazil that I ever did before. And I think that's also what those listening to my podcast would tell me after this. So I would love to say thank you for your time and for the education. It's really good. And I'm so grateful. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed having this conversation with me. 
Thank you. I, I really appreciate having also the time to talk to you and uh, also to uh, get a, give a little bit of uh, information about Brazil. And uh, I always feel very proud to explain it to you uh, or to people about my country, especially for the things that they don't know. Uh-huh. So they can get much more interested in, in the country and it really makes me proud to, to do so. It's a a pleasure for me. Aw, thank you. So everyone, we have come to the end of today's episode. Hopefully next time you will get more insight into countries like India, Germany, Mexico. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm working on it. (laughs) But until next time, don't forget to toast to knowledge because what you know is never enough. Bye, everyone. Take care and see you soon.